An explosive Hunter Biden story was published by the New York Post. As we talk about this on this episode, I hope the episode doesn't get pulled due to widespread censorship that this story seems to have on Twitter, Facebook, the mainstream media. We're going to get into all those details. Then we're going to talk about, in lieu of the canceled second debate between President Trump and Biden, the town halls that they had. They had two competing town halls on the same night at the same time. How those went. Um, Were they hostile? Were they soft? Were they easy? Were they hard? We're going to get into all of that information. It's very interesting. We're going to talk about something that we talked about on a previous episode, the second debate moderator or the second moderator that was going to be Steve Scully and some interesting revelations that have happened with him. And then we're going to give an overview of where things stand on the campaign trail. Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K Cartoon. This is RX Phonics. We are the Audio Apes. You are officially Hanging with Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics and current news with a philosophical and comedic flair. And our take on it, two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Go on over to Twitter. Follow us at Hanging with Apes. Go on over to our website. That's HangingWithApes.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap, and hip-hop music, go to any major music streaming platform, type in Audio Apes, and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. It truly is the best. You can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Kill Cartoon. You can follow him personally on Twitter and Instagram at Rx Phonics. Yes, indeed. So, we have our guy Vince on the episode. He's a guest. If you listen to episode 200... You knew that he was going to be on this episode, but if you just skipped ahead, maybe you didn't catch it. He's on this. So why don't you tell the people about yourself one more time for those that may have skipped episode 200. Yes, my name is Vincent Williams. I am founder and chief editor of Critic at Extra Large. Go to website criticatextralarge.com for commentary about pop culture and politics. Um, Follow Follow the site on Twitter, on social media, critic at extra large, critic at XL on Twitter. You can follow me personally, Vin Williams 28, V-I-N Williams 28 on Twitter. Very nice. Very nice. I love what you've done with the website, by the way. Thank you. Nah, it's just like looks so clean. Man, you know, Squarespace, it's where it's at, man. Squarespace is where it's at. Squarespace is awesome. (laughs) We're not sponsored by Squarespace, but we'll keep it 100. They're good. Yeah. Hey, um, you know, this might lead to a Squarespace sponsorship. Hit us up, Squarespace. <laughs> uh, thank you for your contribution on episode 200. It was awesome. Your questions were great. I mean, I had such a blast answering all of that stuff, the conversations. I mean, that, that really was very similar to how it is when we're with our friends just hanging out, yeah. getting into, like, deep topics. And it really... These topics will stem from a question or a comment. So and thanks. and that's that's how a an, an interviewer or a moderator should be. Ask your <laughs> question and get out the way. Let the let the person answer the <laughs> well, question. <laughs> well, I usually ask him where where what what topic we should start at, but you kicked it off at a perfect place. Yep. So how dare you be a good moderator? We'll talk about <laughs> Steve Scully and the revelation that. He did end up lying. It was a lie, which we kind of assumed on last week's episode. You said it. Um, but, you know, we didn't have the proof. We didn't have the evidence. So you can't, you know, we're not we're not MSNBC here. We're not Rachel Maddow where we're going to say he's lying. We got him. We got him. No, we're not going to say that yeah. without proof, without evidence. But we felt that there was enough to suggest something was a little bit fishy. Yeah. Well, it turns out there was. Steve Scully, who was going to be the second debate moderator between Trump and Biden. Uh, he got caught tweeting at Anthony Scaramucci. Then he proceeded to lie about it. He said that he was hacked. He was never hacked. And he suspended. C-SPAN suspended him. And it dis- he's totally discredited. He discredited C-SPAN. It's a very bad look, a very bad situation. Now... 
Hey, you weren't lying. You said C-SPAN, they really care about their integrity. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I had I read that. Like, I was oh. reading third-party articles about that, and, and they were – every article was cohesive in what they were saying about C-SPAN was fuming at him yeah. because, I mean – it looks really bad. It, it does. Like you, first off, you're on the, the the debate commission, number one. So this is a huge no no. Even if you are partisan in your politics, this is not the time to be that. Yeah. So so I, I would never I would never suggest to somebody that oh you can't have your own personal beliefs. I would never say that. But there's a time and place for that. And in this occupation that you have, in this role that you have. Definitely not the time to be doing that. Definitely not the time to be reaching out to fucking n- never Trump goon Anthony Scaramucci. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Definitely not the time to be yeah. doing that. What's interesting, though, is if there wasn't anything funny going on, you could have just said, well, he's a friend. And I was just really asking for advice as far as responding to Trump because Trump mentioned me on Hannity. Yeah. The fact that he felt compelled to lie, though, I think it says something. I got hacked. You know, yeah. and and that's the part that I think people don't feel so good about, especially when it comes to the mainstream media, is this notion of, is there a conspiracy? Like, is there this one great big magic trick that they're trying to play yeah. on people? Yeah. Because. Why'd you lie about that? Because other moderators, Chris Wallace, like there's videos and there's 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 uh pictures of him hanging out with the Obamas and yeah. and and you know uh the the third debate moderator, well the final debate moderator because it's technically not the third because there was never a second, but the final yeah. debate moderator, there's pictures of her with the Obamas around Christmas time, then she deleted her Twitter. She deleted her Twitter, then she reactivated her Twitter and deleted a whole bunch of tweets. So that's funny in and of itself. Yeah. So you have these people that like clearly they have their political beliefs, but you have to have you have to know the time and the place to do it. And man, it's like it's just it really comes off as a conspiracy and it feels it doesn't it doesn't feel right. What a what do you guys think of that situation? Well, here's the thing with Scully. So first, first thing, you, when I heard that he was going to be one of the moderators, you know, did a little bit of. This was actually after the first debate. Mm-hmm. Looked him up a little bit, just trying to get a feel for who he is, because I don't, I don't think I, I've heard the name before, but I, I, you know, couldn't really picture him or put two and two yeah, together. Yeah, I wasn't really w- familiar with him either prior to all of this. So you look, you look him up. And he interned for Joe Biden mm-hmm. on, on a Joe Biden campaign. I mean, yeah, and when he was in office, um, so he 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 can he uh, he interned for him. He has close d- Democratic ties, Democrat ties, mm-hmm. and I'm like, huh. Is this gonna be another Chris Wallace situation? For- now, now, cause see, what they <laughs> what the media tried to do. Oh well, we have Chris Wallace from Fox News, so that's gonna be you yeah. know your your guy that's for Trump, your moderator that's for Trump, and it yeah. didn't and it didn't turn out and <laughs> Not it obviously didn't. <laughs> for all we know, for all we know, Steve Scully. Now that we have all this new information, might have been worse than Chris Wallace. For all yeah. we know, yeah, he might have been planning like. The craziest shit. For all we know, he would have like like got up from his desk during the debate with a harpoon and fucking threw it right at Trump. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It, it didn't look too good. I, I wonder why C-SPAN wouldn't have looked at that and been like, "Yeah, this might not be a good look." Just in general, you know. Well, I think because I I think it it more or less ties into what I was saying about people are entitled to have. You know their their work history intern for whom they're going to intern for and have their personal beliefs it's just now is not the time for that like you're yeah. not now is not the time to be tweeting never trump shit when you're going to be moderating a debate with trump yeah. in fact it even works in the reverse now is not the time to be retweeting a a, a video of of biden having gaff after gaff after gaff when you're going to be moderating Biden, yeah. you know, 
it, it's it's sad and you might even say that it's a limitation but like that's just that comes with the territory yeah well here here's something i wanted to bring up to you too so what obviously politics and media in general has gone so far left that many of the people within the system they feel that they need to ride the wave simply out of personal and professional security yeah i agree with that so you know you get someone and, and you've seen this in the sports media as well you have all of these people at uh espn for example uh this is one college commentator he, he goes by the name of mark jones and he says that he is so afraid he's he's a black guy by the way and he says he is so afraid of the police he is so appalled by the police and what they're doing you know all the the night the 14 unarmed black people that were killed last year by the police he says that uh you know he is so appalled by what's going on that he doesn't want a police escort oh when, when, when he goes to the college stadium so soft ass up <laughs> out of here man what the fuck <laughs> because he is so afraid of the police he doesn't want a police escort anymore oh, so what if people like him have that radicalized ideology because if they don't conform to the wave well there goes their career there goes their 401ks there goes their retirements you know there goes putting their kids through college yeah i think a lot of these people are forced and maybe and maybe Steve Scully is this is the same way as well. Maybe he's forced to uh, kowtow to the group t the group think. Yeah. Simply, you know, simply out of out of security. It's definitely it's definitely a po uh, a possibility. Um, well, something you said la, la, was the last episode. You said I mentioned some about CNN. I think was it Wolf Blitzer. Can Jake Tapper. Jake Tapper. Well, when he was talking with the member of the Biden campaign. Yeah, and you were saying, well, no, this is survival for them now. Yeah. They're they're going to switch up because they need to survive. So, yeah, well, because you saw also what happened with after that episode with yeah. Wolf Blitzer and Nancy Pelosi, <laughs> Jesus. and the way that he was grilling her about about not coming through on the stimulus package, which is yeah. what a journalist is supposed to do. It, exactly, but we're just so, we've become so accustomed to them not doing that with them, with the left, that when they do it, it's pretty mind blowing for one, but then you see the elitism that she put on display, even with the way that she answered, she's like, cause Wolf Blitzer's like, cause I see hungry people and people need this money, this, that, and the third, and she's like, well, we know about it. We feed the people. Like, what queen on what fucking monarch are you? Oh, give the people the bread and, and the tomato. Like, what are you talking about, bitch? Yeah. The people feed you. Yes. Are you fucking insane? The people feed you. Yeah. You don't feed the people. Uh. Wait, what? What century are you living yeah. in? What country are you living in? Oh, we see the people and we feed them. All right, King Louis. Like, yeah. what are you talking about here? Sire, like, can you please it, give it, me the bread? That, but that, to me, that was full-fledged display of how these people think. Mm -hmm. So if you have these people that think they, that way and, like, they operate in their own realm, what what people like... Uh, uh, Steve Scully and what'd you say the guy's name Mark Jones yeah from that, ESPN from yep. ESPN ESPN what they fail to realize is that the company the corporation when they see that people are shifting and they see the dollars are moving they have a they have a a, a responsibility to shift, right? Right. Well, but the, mm. the problem is the problem is you're gonna discredit yourself as a journalist if you're if you're moving all over you're you're moving all over the spectrum because now you don't have an identity anymore. And if you don't have an identity, you really can't be trusted. Perfect example. We've seen, we've read, we've heard about the lower ratings for the NBA finals. It, uh, apparently the finals, the series, the ratings were abysmal. I don't know if politics had anything to do with it. There are people that suggest that that it does. There are people that suggest, well, the NFL season, the timing, all of that stuff. I don't know. And I, I'm not really like that into it to like follow and like break down the data. 
But what I do know is that the N- the, the NBA commissioner said that next year they're not going to have the Black Lives Matter on the court and all and the the all the shit on their jerseys. Yeah. So to me, that suggests that you have some sort of indicator that that's not working or or people are not responding well to that. So now you have to you have to shift. And mm. what happens? The players have to shift with you. Yeah. So it, it kind of lends itself to being criticized and, and giving give being criticized for being for being uh, hi- hypocritical, so to speak. Same yeah. thing with some of these journalists, because Jake Tapper like the shit that he was on, like if you are indeed trying to survive, I mean, you kind of come off as a weasel at this point because for four years you've been one way. So now maybe because on the horizon you see that things are not as certain as you thought they were for Biden. Yeah. Now it's like, oh shit, I'm trying to survive. Like I need to eat. Yeah. I need to eat. And well, let's not kid ourselves well, you, here. You really don't have you really don't have much integrity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think it behooves every journalist to rather than ride the wave, be authentic. Yep, yep. And and, and what I was gonna say was, well, this Hunter Biden situation, if Biden wins, could also be spelling impeachment for Biden in the future. Could, depending on what else is revealed. I don't think we that right now and have a, and, a whole and then also lot of- like it depends on the house where the house stands the senate like yeah. all of that because like that won't happen if he oh doesn't yeah have the house in the senate if it's partisan um, in biden's favor yeah that, that won't happen now let's say everything stays red or at least the senate stays red and the house stays relatively the same you might have a case you might have a case and, uh, and, and depending that, on the information and that story and that story itself uh shows the lack of credibility with the media because a lot of people a lot of media pundits aren't covering it no which is crazy there was a breakdown that i saw on twitter that had the minutes that mainstream media has covered it and it was like <laughs> and it was like eight minutes across various networks total so it said zero minutes abc zero minutes uh nbc i want to say it said like 30 seconds CNN or MSNB. It was like, it was that broken up. Yeah, it was just like, oh yeah, there's a, a, the New York Post posted a story about Hunter Biden and moving on. Like that type of shit. When, this is pretty significant when you have, and I'm going to give the backstory to it for the people that don't know. Essentially, what we've learned on the campaign trail about Hunter Biden is that he was, um, involved with drugs we know that about him and then we know that the reason that president trump was impeached is because supposedly in a phone call with ukraine he was uh more or less incentivizing them to come up with information about hunter biden because the whole thing reeked of corruption uh Apparently it was just a phone call. There was never any like real quid pro quo. Um, and even if there was uh, 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 Alan Dershowitz in, in the trial, he pretty much like dissolved that whole thing about how that's illegal and everything like that. He did a very good defense for the president. Um, so in all of that, that developed and we we kind of got like this sort of this this small tingent of of corruption from the Biden family but that was the extent of it well time passed more information came out certain pictures were revealed but still not enough well essentially this story that the New York Post broke essentially confirms and corroborates everything that we thought we knew about Hunter Biden which was one, he was wildly unqualified to be on the board of a foreign energy company because <laughs> he didn't even speak the language. So that that has that, that has some funny stuff attached to it. A lot of emails essentially brokering uh, deals and meetings with his dad while his dad was vice president. Certain text messages, pictures of him doing drugs. Apparently there's a sex tape on there. And now the, the drugs and the sex tape, those are more in the personal realm, but those further confirm his lack of qualification for the position that he held. Yeah. And 
really, even the way that this information was discovered speaks to how sloppy and irresponsible this guy was. He took a $2,000 laptop, uh, $2, laptop to a repair shop to get repaired. He never came. He never picked it up. The guy did it. He essentially stiffed the guy on the bill. Six months pass. The guy looks on the laptop. He sees like all this stuff that that seems to be like some shit out of a Mission Impossible movie, <laughs> fucking uh, foreign foreign nations and brokering uh, 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 meetings. This, that, and the third. So he gives the he gives the the information to the feds, but he makes a copy. The feds don't seem to do anything with it. That's so a whole what, other scandal. So, so what 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 does what does he do? He reaches out to Rudy Giuliani and Rudy Giuliani's lawyer and gives it to them. And apparently, uh, at that point, somehow Steve Bannon knows about it. And then Steve Bannon lets the, I think the, the New York Post know. Or somehow Steve Bannon knew about what was going on. The New York Post gets its hands on this information on the hard drive. They break the story and boom a segment of the internet blows up the whole internet doesn't blow up because it wasn't allowed to facebook didn't allow yeah. people to share to share the article at a certain point twitter didn't allow it uh it was more or less active information suppression yes yeah by the mainstream this is, media yeah. and tech companies this is uh meddling in an election this is what that is so i mean you're really suppressing information to the public at this critical time and yeah. and relevant information and then this notion that oh well it was obtained through illegal means actually it wasn't because apparently the law when it comes to stuff like that is after a month if you don't pick up your yeah. device it now belongs to the place where you left it yeah uh that's number one and number two if you're gonna play that game on one side you sure didn't play that game when Trump's taxes were leaked through illegal methods. No, you weren't saying that, but that was illegal, yeah. which it ended up being a big nothing burger. But still, you didn't, you never said that. You never, or you never prevented those articles from being shared. Yeah. You allowed it. Now, let me ask you a question. If that was your son and you're running for president, would you, would you take that day when that information comes out and be like, all right, we're not going to do anything today. We're going to put wow. a lid to this and uh, nothing is going to happen today. Would you do that? Trump, no. Trump couldn't get away with that. I no mean, way. I, I mean, ahead. listen. If if Ivanka stiffed the uh, stiff Wendy's for uh, for a five dollar, you know, it would make national headlines. Yeah, absolutely. Let alone a, a, a laptop full of pictures and videos of her doing like wild shit. Yeah. Oh my God. Or one of his sons caught up in 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 something anywhere anywhere near that. And it's funny because what we was revealed is essentially Trump got impeached for what the Bidens did. Yeah. <laughs> essentially that's that's what that's what took place. But if I was Biden, I mean that's a hard situation. I definitely wouldn't take a lid day because one, it's too close to the election. Yeah. But two I mean, what's one more lid day in the forty days? Right, right. You're right about that. But two how do you how do you defend that? See, the thing is, the reason why like he could do all of that is because the media is on his side. Yeah. The, the mainstream media is on his side. It's really indefensible. Like, how do you defend that? The only way that I could defend that is if it's not true. If one, it's not true, but two, if this person has been so far removed from me, like like it's like I disown my son at that point. Mm. But even then we're still taught you're, you're okay that kind of fixes the now like you you've kind of pivoted your path now you've corrected it yeah but that doesn't speak to what you've already done the corruption that already took place yeah so it is it's hard to it's hard to defend so i'm saying that i wouldn't take a lid day but in actuality if i was guilty of all of that shit i probably would especially if i knew the media was on my side and yeah. they're not going to press me on it they're not going to ask me questions on it which we're going to get into with the town halls yeah. Which was, I mean, an abysmal display of of journalistic integrity. The fact that, I mean, George Stephanopoulos is is a is 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 a straight bitch. But honestly, like, I mean, I can't I can't mince words here. Like the fact that that wasn't even brought up, and and then the one time that he presses Biden in that town hall, 
He does it in the softest way those, possible. Oh, those are so fake. Yeah, I'm, let me let me push back on you a little bit. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm like, come on now. Here's this alley-oop. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was just, it was just, just, just crazy. We'll, we'll see here. Regarding the, crazy. Ta- regarding the town halls, I, I'm in the minority on this. I didn't mind what, um, who's the lady that? Sa- Savannah Gunthrie. Yeah, Savannah Gunthrie. I didn't mind her pressing Trump. You didn't mind her audition to be Biden's press secretary? No. That's what the fuck that was. <laughs> I, didn't, <laughs> I that, didn't. That was that was Savannah Gunthrie is like, this is okay, I'm gonna audition. I wanna be Biden's press secretary if he wins. This is my moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, I That's guess what that was. I guess I'm comparing her to, no. to Wallace. And so she was better than Wallace. She no. wasn't as bad as Wallace. I didn't so I didn't mind her pr- Savannah's pressing. The issue I have is that Biden never gets put pressed like exactly. that, and that's that's my issue. If yeah. you, it's fair to ask Trump tough questions. One hundred percent. You know, Ben Shapiro put it much more elegant elegantly than I than I can, but he essentially said that Trump digs himself a hole. He does dumb shit, and then when he gets pressed on it. He doubles down on the dumb yeah. shit that he yeah, does. I I, I, uh, <laughs> I heard that podcast where he said that. So, which, and it's a journalist's responsibility to press him on it. No. But then you don't press Biden on his flip-flopping on, te- you don't, on issues. On, you don't, you don't press Biden yeah. when he says repeatedly, yeah, I'm going to ban fracking or yeah, right. I'm yeah. going to I'm going to I'm going to raise your taxes. The, the the most pressing that has gone on in this election cycle has been done by Trump in debate 1 and by Mike Pence in the presidential the vice presidential yeah. debate. Cuz the media the, won't do it. The media won't do it and what what the town halls were is rather than town halls, I wish NBC would have titled their town hall Savannah Gunthrie's audition for uh, 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 Biden presidential uh, uh, President Biden's uh, press secretary, and I and I I wish ABC would have titled their town hall George Stephanopoulos breaks out the rubbing oils and fucking and fucking massages Biden's Joe balls. Biden because that's what took place. No, but uh, and uh, on a serious note, I agree with you. I, I'm not necessarily upset that Savannah Guthrie pressed Trump. That's the function of the press. The press. press. Yeah. That's their name. That's what they're called. So I could live with it. Obviously, he always gets pressed and about the same shit. So I would imagine at this point, they'd come up with like a different tactic because there's a rumor circulating that after th- that town hall, Trump got off stage and he's like, "Oh, that was easier than I thought." Like yeah. it was like nothing to him. Like, it, well, yeah, yeah, because because he's so used to that that he doesn't. What's what's the guy from CNN? James Acosta. With it. Oh, Jim, Jim Acosta. Yeah, Jim Acosta. Jim Acosta. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, he's yeah. Where he was worse than than Gunthrie was. Oh, Jim oh, Acosta's awful. He's a, he's <laughs> Jim Acosta's the worst grandstanding. That, that's that it's not even press for him it's just grandstanding that's what all he does is that like yeah bro what are you even doing like what do you stop it knock it the fuck off ask a question because like, every question for him it's like a point that he needs to make mm-hmm. wait, wait are you here to ask questions or just make points like so so he's a joke i don't even they should actually have him as a moderator considering <laughs> what scully was doing but but um i think too like with with biden he gets pressed so little that when he gets pressed, he says the the most disrespectful <laughs> yes. shit. He says the most disrespectful shit. Like, like, like when it came to the packing the courts, and he was like, um, "Yeah, no, the people don't deserve to know." Yeah, the uh, the report what? the reporter asked him. I think they were in Arizona. The reporter asked him, "Don't you think the American people deserve to know?" He's like, "No, they don't deserve to know." Whoa. That should be well, everywhere. Why is that not circulating all over on the mainstream media? Another thing, a different in separate event, but at the town hall where uh, George Stephanopoulos broke out the massage oils and rubbed his balls, <laughs> that town hall, he was asked about, did you, he, did you hear the question about the transgender? Oh, that was bad. And I think I think he made a big mistake the way that he answered that. He essentially said 
that at eight years old, a kid should decide to should be able to decide to get tits. And, and pick their gender. Yeah. Now, number one, that signifies like a radical left shift. Like that, that's a crazy ass like shift to the left. That that's because you're now you're delving into the realm of like insanity at that age. At yeah. that age, you haven't even hit puberty yet, and you really could have gave a really moderate answer that would have even satisfied the person answering that question i would have said well at eight i think it's too young because they're not yet even in puberty yeah that's something that you and your child would want to explore when you get to the age when you get to the age of uh of puberty and and they become more sexualized and they develop their sexual identity more but until then you're the parent you're still in charge and i think your guidance is what should guide them in that direction. That would have been perfect. That would have been moderate. That would have satisfied that person. But low key, I believe that that person that asked that question, because I don't know, that lady had sort of a smirk. I think that was like a like a plant, like yeah. but by like the Republicans to like go up there and ask some wild ass shit to see <laughs> that to was see, a wild ass to question. See if he bites down because that is a wild question. It's not a very relevant question, and the lady kind of had like a smirk that I don't know if like it was authentic. Like I I, I got this sense that like there's just like an inside type of thing, an inside I, job. I don't, I don't know because like these. Well, you saw the girl behind uh, Trump, right? Yeah, that they had that placed. Was, I think that was a plant too. That that woman, you think so? well, yeah, no, the, I, the, the, the the black woman that kept nodding and but because you kept because they asked her, and and they're like, did they know that that, that you actually like Trump? And she's like, no, they just told me to move there, and I sat there. And I didn't I know. Don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't believe that. I think these. She now, she, these, she was interviewed and she was at, and there was somebody else originally there yeah. but I guess because of the height or whatever yeah. they moved her there but the thing is they I guess they didn't do like good research on her because she's actually ran for congress before Oh right I didn't, yeah, yeah. yeah so I don't I don't think that she was planted because it wouldn't behoove NBC to put her there I'm sure that's the last thing that they wanted Yeah cuz that that was very uh I don't want to say jarring because it's not jarring. If you agree, you agree. But like what I what I mean for MSNBC to do that and it's like a, a black chick in the it, back. It made and then an she, impression. It yeah. left, definitely left an impression. Like, Damn, she's rocking with dude right now. This well, is if crazy, if that's if that's not the case, I, these networks, everything on television is put there for a reason. Like I I I, I think there's very few happenstances or coincidences that happen especially on national network television i I agree with that. so if if that if she wasn't a plant then that might be just sloppiness on the part of nbc it might have been sloppiness or maybe they thought maybe they're so caught up in the identity politics that they thought just because she's black she would be against him so maybe they wanted her there, but they're thinking of it in a way of like, oh, which this is a black lady. We'll put her right behind Trump. Yeah. So if she if she fucking if her shoulders drop or she shows frustration or anxiety or disagreement, it'll it'll show. And they got the reverse. That's what I'm saying. Like, you don't that could have been that she was intentionally put there, but without you know the the research or whatever they didn't even know who she was because i i noticed her very early on trump yeah. trump made a uh he he was talking about something and then this black girl in the back starts nodding yeah. her head. i'm like <laughs> i'm like huh you don't see too many black people in support <laughs> yeah. of trump another thing that that i thought spoke volumes is we're living in a time where a lot more people are buying guns gun sales have gone up background checks for gun sales in new york is like up 121 percent a lot of these people that are buying guns, a lot of them are first-time gun owners. They're taking classes. They're learning about guns, the gun safety, everything like that. There was a question that Biden was asked about police and excessive force, and he advocated for the notion of shooting somebody in the leg. Oh, that was so in ridiculous. The event of having, oh, uh, in the event Lord. of having to use Our- lethal force, he said, we need to de-escalate and... Uh, we have to show restraint and instead of uh, shooting to kill, we should shoot him in the leg. Police should shoot him in the leg. Such a novice mistake for a politician to make. fucking stupid, ridiculous. A politician should know better, especially in a time where gun sales are booming. I think he might have lost a lot of those people with that too because 
what that signifies to people, especially to people in a time where they feel compelled to buy guns, that means that they feel that their safety may be compromised, yeah. is that this guy is just talking for the sake of talking and he really doesn't know what he's talking about. No. So you would want your candidate, and this is the fault of the campaign, you would want him to know more about guns and how things are taught and operated before he's out in a town hall giving answers about such questions yeah. in a time where guns are such a relevant topic. And it's not a relevant topic so much in the sense that the Second Amendment is up for grabs, even though I think the radical left would want to take people's guns away and abolish the Second Amendment. Cause, but that's not really a current top talking point. The talking point is about the fact that pe this many more people are buying guns. Yes. So the media, the media, I think did didn't do itself any favors with the way that they came off with the town halls. My projection for the town halls, and I tweeted this before the town halls took place, and I really did think that it was going to play out somewhat like this. And not because I was being unrealistic or I was living in fairy tale land. I thought that it would it would play out like this because in the midst of the Steve Scully stuff, in the midst of the Hunter Biden stuff and the suppression and and the conspiracy that it looked like Steve Scully was a part of, I would think that the media, especially the mainstream media, would want to make itself look as clean as possible. Yeah. I thought that the the that the town halls were going to play out like this. I thought that the NBC town hall with Trump was going to have pressure to not look like they are with the rest of the mainstream media in the wake of the Hunter Biden and Steve Scully story. So I thought that they would ease up a little bit on him yeah. so they don't look like they're part of this grand conspiracy. Because at this point, even though there was an attempt to suppress information, the information was still spreading. Yes. So you would think that you would want to kind of like balance it out a little bit. And I thought that ABC had the pressure with Biden's town hall to press him hard because they'll, or else they'll discredit themselves and they'll be grouped in with the rest of the fake news. I remember reading... That, that didn't happen. I know. I remember <laughs> you reading that because I think you, you, you put me in the message and I read that and I was like... And then the, the, the morning after, I was like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot. I got to answer that, that moment or that tweet that you, that you had... No, they have no shame. Yeah, 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 that's what she said. There's no shame whatsoever. It's it's sad because I mean, at this point, I don't know what to believe because I and if I oh, feel I know like what this, to believe. Yeah. Oh, well, not that, but what I'm saying is, yes, we know that they're biased and they have no shame. We know that, but what does this say to the people that are watching the news, or or or, or more so, does this even matter to the people? Like, are we? Am I reacting the same way that most people are reacting? You see what I'm saying? Like, I don't trust this, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much exiting this conversation. I'm just going to vote. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it, 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 it creates a a situation for me, at least, where I, it's hard for me to gauge what's real and what's not. Let me give you an example. The, the Michigan polls, right? Pretty much Biden's winning. But then now early voting has come out and Trump is winning. And it's actually like sent like the Biden campaign to kind of like panic mode about Michigan because this should not be the case this early. Like yeah. you should not be winning Michigan Especially this early. Especially when in early and in mail-in voting, the Democrats were projected to greatly outnumber the Republicans. Yeah, and then which Trump, is a good segue yeah. into the the segment about the campaign trail, which is our final segment for the episode. Yeah, and it's it's like okay, well Pennsylvania, for example. That one right now is overwhelmingly Biden in early voting, which was pretty much well. Okay, a little a little bit of clarification. It's overwhelmingly Democratic registration. Yes, we don't know what the ballot actually says. Yeah, yeah. Because right. and the reason I bring that up is because according to the Trump campaign, which this is campaign information, so it, it's subject to be biased. But the Trump campaign hasn't really ever put out bad information or inconsistent information. They seem like they're pretty honest and accurate when you actually go back and check no. uh, uh, what they said. That, uh, that in the latest rally in Iowa, 29% of the attendants there were registered Democrats Damn. at the Trump rally. 
So that's the thing that I'm saying is like Biden's people, they're looking at this. They're looking at these 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 return ballots. Oh, OK, well, we got this many registered Democrats. So they're 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 projecting that as a Democratic vote. Yeah. But you don't necessarily know that. Just like we don't necessarily know that the, the Republican return ballots that are registered Republican are necessarily for Trump. Yeah. But I think there's more evidence to suggest that there, there's more of a likelihood that the Democratic, the registered Democrat is more likely to vote for Trump than the registered Republican likely to vote for Biden. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I would say especially in those states because yeah. those states all went to Obama overwhelmingly and a lot of those voters switched to Trump. Switched to Trump and yeah. a lot of those places have yielded great benefits from Trump's policies and a lot of those places don't want to hear shit about another lockdown which Biden is touting. You so all of that takes yeah. precedence when it comes to like where the voters stand and I don't and I and I've talked about this in previous episodes. I talked about this with my dad. I talked about this with my mom. I talked about this with various people. This ticket that the the Biden campaign is trying to sell that the economy is where the economy is right now because of Trump and not the China virus. I don't think anybody's buying that. No, and also they're they're also stepping on, on on themselves because on one on one hand they're like saying, well, you inherited Obama's economy, and then on the other hand they're saying, well, this is Trump's economy. Well, which one is it? Is it Obama's economy inherited or Trump's economy now? Like, what you you keep playing this game, and then you keep skipping over the fact that there was a pandemic. You know yeah. what I mean? So and you and you saw that in the vice presidential debate as well, where classic where. <laughs> Where Kamala Harris, she says, on on one hand, she says that Trump and the Trump administration are not taking the pandemic seriously. And then on the flip side, she says, oh, well, you know, this this administration is on tap to lose the most amount of jobs. And was like so on one hand, the, the pandemic is something and then you're completely discrediting it on the other hand. Um. But going going back to something that you said earlier, that uh, about the about the votes about the registered Democrats, mm-hmm. the Biden campaign administration administ- one of the campaign man- eh, administrators, mm-hmm. he uh, had a Joe I had a Joe Biden moment there. He uh, <laughs> <laughs> he did a virtual fundraiser and mm-hmm. he told the. Uh, the people attending the fundraiser, like, hey, you know, the polls were inflated. We, you know, make sure you go out and vote. Biden, that leads us to believe Biden is not as up big as some of these national polls are saying that he, that he is. No, I, I I agree with that wholeheartedly. And this this is Biden's campaign administrator saying yeah. this. Well, I think, I think they know that. See... I think they were desperately attempting a demoralization tactic with the polls, um, desperately attempting this this imagery of, well, we're good, we could sit pretty, but I don't, one, from what we know about the left, many of the left, I, this is a, a general statement, they're not very in tune with everyday people. And... Biden kind of is because he has more of a like a everyday like upbringing and and his background is more of the everyday people obviously until he got into politics and then he seems like he became a total corrupt person totally corrupt person but prior to that but then when they touted out Kamala Harris for for VP she's from San Francisco that already is sort of an echo chamber in itself. It's sort of its own little bubble. It really is not representative of the rest of the nation. The way she acts, everything about her. So that didn't really help her, him. On top of the fact that she never polled well, even in her own state. So the only thing that she really brought, and maybe this is what they cared about at the end of the day, like internally. Her skin color. That, but but not even not even really that because... I would say the majority of black people are still going to vote for Biden, even though Trump is 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 gaining in the black community. The overwhelming majority of of black people are still going to vote 
for Biden. So I don't even really know if he brought that to the to the degree that he thought he was. Because there's also a lot of data out there to suggest that black people don't really rock with her. So you have all of that. But what she did bring is big donors, big tech donors, because she's from that land. So Biden, there, like in the last few months, Biden has actually outraised Trump, the Trump campaign. But I think overall right now, as we speak, Trump is still higher overall in overall donations. But Biden has a lot of big donors. And those big donors, since Kamala has joined the ticket, have really bolstered the fundraising. And in the last, I would say, two, three months, the Biden campaign has outraised the Trump campaign. But what's interesting about that, and I've had my eye on this the whole time, Trump has a lot more small donors and Trump's fundraising is across the nation. Like there's there's patches yeah. of green all over. Yep. Biden has a lot of green on the coast, but in middle America, he there's some counties he doesn't have any money from. And what did I point out to you the other day in Clark County? Clark County, which is where Las Vegas is, oh, yeah. in Las Vegas, Nevada, Trump has raised five million dollars. Biden has raised one point nine. Should you pointed that out before the political article? No, no, it was after. It was after the pol- no. I point. What I pointed out with the political article was the fact that Biden is even in Las Vegas campaigning to well, begin yeah, that. with. But after that, after that, I pointed out like. Wait well, a minute. Look, now we see why he was there because look at how much more money Trump raised in a place where Biden should have outraised him because Biden has outraised Trump in, in Cook County. Biden has outraised Trump in L.A. County. Biden has outraised Trump in, in New York. So you would think that where mm. Las Vegas is. So what does that say? If Biden is touting more lockdowns and Las Vegas's economy greatly r- relies on things being open, maybe they're rocking with Trump. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So if if it's having that effect on them, what kind of effect is it having on other places? I think that sounds a lot like Bernie. How Bernie has just a lot of small donators. Yeah, his his is definitely. Well, I, we've said it from from way before in their parties and their respective parties. Trump is a rock star and or was a rock star in the Republican Party when we first started. Still well, is obviously is. still is yeah yeah but but and then Bernie was and even then. To this day, he's the one who really does have like the people, mm-hmm. and that does, that does. Uh, it, it seems make a like difference. it seems like Bernie and Trump have s- quite a lot of similarities. There's just some two polar opposites. Yeah, they have yeah. similarities in the uh, similarities in the sense that they're very anti-establishment. Yes, and they're more populist. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what they have. That's what they have in common. I so mean, polar opposite socialist slash communist right. and then capitalist. So like to, to kind of bring it, everything that I was saying back to what you were saying about that, that virtual fundraiser is I think that the Biden, I think the Biden campaign has a lot of data that's telling them that things aren't as good as some of these polls look, make it look like they are. Another thing that we have to look at is if you look at the methodology for some of these polls, they they oversampled Democrats by anywhere between 10 to 20 percent. Then they put a lot of lean Democrats in the independent column. So right there, you could be skewing up to 40 percent of the poll yeah. on top of the fact that there's a lot of data out there to suggest that there are shy Trump voters and the silent majority and people that don't want to participate in in these in these polls. <laughs> and and anecdotally, an observation that I made with Hillary in 2016, I saw a shitload of Hillary, vote for Hillary signs in Chicago. With Obama in, in in the elections before that, I saw a shitload of Obama signs in Chicago. Yeah, in Chicago, I don't see a whole lot of Trump signs, but I hardly see any Biden and Harris signs. No, so no. I think, I mean, that's an, that's an observation. It's anecdotal, but I think that still speaks to like what's going on on the undertone of, of where the people are. Well, yeah, because right here, the surface would be blue, yet you're still seeing the cracks are red. Yeah. Like, and you're like, oh, shit. Like, even where, where, where I'm at, like, I see, I do see Biden-Harris uh, posters or, or like the signs, but then I've also seen, which have now been removed ever since the looting started, a lot of that has been removed, the Trump stuff. And I think a lot of it has to do with, well, shit, I don't want to get un- attacked. I don't want my house hazed. 
you know maybe maybe because even even before the looting even before the whole george floyd situation that was still there and then all of a sudden that happened and i started seeing like the don't tread on me flags come yeah. down i started seeing the trump uh or make america great flags they, they went down and it's like well that kind of makes sense and then you yeah. put the two and two together you take the signs out gun sales go up i think it's like the mentality is like well let's just shut the fuck up now vote vote yeah, yeah. let's put our money where our mouth is let's 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 act instead of talk yeah. and then and you got to you got to think about what kind of effect that has on people imagine house in the middle trump flag trump sign Looting starts, they take it down, have conversations with the neighbors on the left, have conversations with the neighbors on, on the right. And this idea that this the neighbor took down the sign because of the looting, and now you're talking suburbs and you're feeling like your community isn't as safe as it once was. I mean, who do you vote for? You know, and then you know, and, and I think you vote for Trump in that scenario. Yeah. The other thing that I think is interesting and I, I've read that there's some data out there to suggest that wherever there's an American flag, you could pretty much put that towards the Trump column because if you think about the left, they don't really talk patriotism these days. Yeah, yeah. And we've we've talked about this before. It's like it it, it is and, and for all we know they're still they might vote Biden, but why is it that when you see someone with an American flag in their house you're thinking, oh well possibly yeah. trump it's general statement for all we know you're right yeah. but it's just the the left messaging right now has nothing to do with patriotism yeah because, I, I, yeah. Go ahead. I i can give you some an anecdote from my personal uh run-ins with people is that people on the left and and mind you these are a lot of these people are black people mm-hmm. you know they 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 never they never talk about patriotism they never talk about uh you know the the opportunities that they're afforded in the country. They it's always okay. Well, this happened in the past. You know, black people used to be slaves in the past. Mind you, every race can probably stake a claim that something negative has happened to them before. You know, the Japanese they had their whole country bombed. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, black people have enslaved white people in the past, but you know they won't they won't mention that. But uh, so you 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 see a lot of these people they they don't preach patriotism they they don't they always talk about how bad of a country America is and a lot of them and a lot of them pledge their allegiance and it's not even they pledge their allegiance to Biden it's just they're pledging their allegiance against Trump yeah and that that to me that's just that's a terrible that's just a terrible way of thinking that's a terrible way of voting yeah and you know, it even goes back to Obama. I've said this so many times. Obama exacerbated race issues I agree. In, in, in America. And and when I say that, I get so much pushback. Like, oh, how can you say that? You know, Obama's your people. Like, well, he did because you had a bunch of black people voting for Obama simply because he was black. Yeah. And and unfortunately, in 2008, I was one of those people. I voted for Obama in 08 simply because he was black. 2012 rolls around. I'm like, something, something's not right. I couldn't quite uh, put my finger on it. I couldn't quite articulate it like I can now. So I'm like, and in 2012, I didn't vote because mm-hmm. I know, I know, I know. I didn't vote. Shame on me. But, <laughs> Shame on you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> in 2012, I did, I did not vote. Because I, you know, McCain was, I mean, no, not Romney. McCain, Romney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Romney. The Mormon. I'm like, uh, I'm like, I can't, I can't vote for Romney. I, I, I just, I, I, I couldn't vote for Romney. And Obama, I'm, you know, I just wasn't feeling, no, I wasn't feeling Obama. Yeah. So, um, and honestly, I do think there might be a lot of shy, not a lot, but I think there's a growing contingent of shy black Trump voters mm-hmm. because from my um from my run-ins there you know there are people who are still against Trump a lot of blacks are still against Trump but they are speaking in more they they're starting to question 
Biden a little bit more. They're starting yeah. to question Democratic uh, policies a little bit more. Which is a good start. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The the people are questioning the Illinois fair tax. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. And uh, God damn it. Please, people. Well, I mean, not everyone that listens to the show is from Illinois, but if please do your Illinois, research. Vote no. Vote no. <laughs> you it's know, funny. Uh, so many people are telling me, hell no, we're not going to vote that. Even though the commercials say it's only for the rich. Like, nah, get your ass out of here. We know what the what hell you're What that is is an amendment to the Illinois Constitution. Yes. It's not, it really doesn't even have much to do with taxes. Yeah. It's an amendment that now if you vote, yeah, they could do whatever the hell they want whenever the hell they want. Nope. Yeah, being you ain't fun. never gonna see it. But you know what? Well, go ahead. Go one ahead. quick thing, because I I want to. It correlates with what you're saying. What a shame that Ice Cube. Oh, I was, I was down, just gonna bring this up. Yeah, I, sits down with the left, sits down with the right, gives the same idea. The left says, "Oh yeah, well, all right, whatever." Well, after the elections, all right, and then the right's like, "Oh, we like some of this. We're gonna use this as the skeleton to our formula, and then we'll create our own." And and Ice Cube is treated like he literally just betrayed his whole fan base. Yeah, I'm like, dude, what? At what point? This this here is a guy who is part of one of the greatest rap groups, maybe the greatest rap group. He said he don't give a fuck. He says whatever the fuck he feels like saying. He's done so much as an individual. And does not have to do anything else. Like, yeah. he's influenced enough people where he could just shut the fuck up and live it up, go golf. Yet, he's sitting down with two different presidential hopefuls. Well, I mean, Trump's already president, but... And saying, listen, I need to help my people. This is what I want. Who's taking me serious? And you're crucified for it. Yeah. I don't know. It, it To me, it's just so sad because at the end of the day, this guy's putting his neck out so he can literally help his community and, and you could tell when he responded to it it was a lot of internal turmoil like i don't understand why all these years this has happened and this has happened and this has happened and i felt for the guy because even if i don't agree with him politically or i don't know where he stands on on many topics i know he before he didn't like trump and, and even now he's skeptical of trump but I saw a guy that does care about his community and wants to do something to help. Yeah. And and, and and people are like, oh, you betrayed us. I can't even believe you. The guy that said fuck the police is now in the Trump campaign. I don't know. It, it's, it's pretty disheartening, especially seeing where he came from and what he could be doing with his time instead of doing this, you know? Yeah. What is your take on it since you were going to mention it? Well, very quickly, I was just, I was going to say, like, I think that situation is going to push some more black people towards Trump. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? For just what you said, he sat down with both sides and the Democrats said, okay, we'll deal with you after the election. And Trump said, come on in. And, and, and that speaks to the elite elitism of the left wing of the of the, of Democrats, how they take the black vote for granted. Big now, team. now, I do think, just as Ice Cube said, I do think black issues need to be solved by black people. It it should be bipartisan. You know, what I'm saying we we constantly have our hand out and we're gesturing to white folks. You know, help us solve our problems. We want we want to be accepted, which is why I'm against Diddy. Starting his own, you know, he's trying to start a, a black political party, and but you, then he started, and then but then went on to endorse Biden. Like that doesn't make sense. Yeah, There's no sense. <laughs> like, yeah. like so, you're you're trying to start a black political party, um, and it's probably going to be funded by white folks, yeah. which once again speaks speaks to why do we need white folks always trying to solve black problems, and you know that that kind of leads to the whole third, you know, three party system and man we could talk forever about that definitely one thing that i wanted to say uh on the point that you were making about you know who you voted for with when it came to obama versus mccain and, and obama versus romney is back then i think a lot of what well i and i've put this theory out before and i think it holds true that bush kind of messed up so bad that I think any Democrat would have won that that election 
Uh, yeah. You had you had a, a, a housing crisis. You had two wars going on. Um, people here had kind of already started their 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 uh, support for the wars had already greatly diminished. It kind of dwindled. It was a lot of bad stuff going on. So who are the other Democrats running in 08 other than Obama? Hillary ran. Biden ran. Um, those were the two like more like well-known ones. So you think either one of those could have won? Yeah. Yeah, if, over, if, if, over if Obama McCain? didn't win the primaries, I think that Biden or Hillary could have won that election against hmm. McCain. Because the Republicans, it, it the the taste in in the American people's mouths for Republicans was was really bad and and McCain wasn't really touting anything all that different from from Bush. And I don't really remember where McCain stood on the bailout. I I don't remember um but people pretty much were were for the bailout and and you know a, a, a segment were for the bailout but I guess they thought they were going to benefit more but then when it just became a big corporate bailout people felt betrayed and then hence you know the the Tea Party movement and so on and so forth after that but what I was going to say is that Obama won because of that because things were things were bad prior got real bad prior to his presidency. Trump prior to the China virus things were doing real good under Trump. What Biden is touting I think is viable under the conditions that Obama became president. Like if things were bad prior to the China virus, I think what Biden is selling like more government overhaul government more in charge of things, government guaranteeing certain things, so on and so forth. I think that's a little bit more appealing if we were already in a bad situation. But prior to the China virus, I mean, let's remember that 2019 was the greatest year economically this country has ever seen. So it was one of those things that it's like those that remember that and really now kind of see this China virus thing as somewhat manufactured, somewhat inflated and they're ready to go back to the way things were people were doing good people were buying property people saw their checks were 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 more increased less taxes people were investing in the market people were doing good and and i think people would rather get back to that than go back to like how things were with obama you know what i'm saying they'd rather get back to like the, the the bolstered economy that was because yeah. it was it was not that long ago had what trump did been four or five years ago well then yeah maybe it'd be all right well let's see what this dude is talking about but that mm. was not that long ago you know what i'm saying and in fact there's indicators of it going back to the way it was pretty soon i mean unemployment is nowhere near what they thought it was going to be the market has been doing relatively good in some cases it's back in 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 record territory yeah. So all of that is to be considered, and I think all of that, all of those are metrics of real everyday voters. I, I think I think you, one of you, had mentioned this on a previous episode, a few couple months ago, how the American people, you know, yeah, they care about racism and they care about uh, LGBTQ issues and whatnot, but at the end of the day, they're going to vote on issues surrounding their kitchen table. Can they put food on their yeah. kitchen table? Yep. Can they put a roof over their kitchen table? Can they afford to have their kids at their kitchen table? That, that there's a saying. It's called I don't know where it developed from. I think it developed in like Reaganomics, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. It says they call it a phrase in in politics. They call it the economy, stupid. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, that was Reagan. Yeah, yeah. It's this. It's it's about the economy. That's what it's about at the end of the day because. That gives people the power to solve their own problems. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you could sit around waiting for the government to solve this, this, and that. Or you could make it where I could solve my own problems. And I think that's what people care about. I look at a lot of polls. I look at a lot of surveys. I really, I'm a numbers guy, so I like that type of stuff. And when I delve into that, that is the number one issue. Like uh, some survey groups, some study groups, more than others. But I have not seen one where it wasn't. In fact, I saw, I don't know why Levi's did this, but Levi's posted a, a tweet or they did a little poll on Twitter and it was like, in this election, what what issues are you most concerned with? Is like COVID-19, 
the economy, race relations. Uh, I think it was uh, 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 systematic uh, oppression or whatever. And um, one other thing, and it was the economy. You know what I'm saying? And that was, you know, some random little shitty survey on Twitter, but it still correlates with everything everything else that I've seen. It's the most logical argument you can make. Think of just one block, right? One block. And you have to worry about you and your house and your bills. But imagine if you had to worry about everyone else's. It's like, well, no, no, no. Let's start off by individually being able to take care of our own households. And then as a community, all right, cool, block party. Oh, okay, maybe we could pave the road. Oh, all right. But that's a community-based thing. At the end, it it always boils down to economy and what I can do to not be in the way of everyone else. And then we could talk whatever else, you know? 100%. Crazy. I think that's it, fellas. Thanks again, Vince. Thank you for having me on. Oh, Uh, man. One got it. One last time, critic at extralarge.com. All one word. Critic at extralarge.com. Find me on social media as well. Truly is the best. It truly (laughs) is the best. Thank you guys so much for tuning in every week we've passed 200 episodes wow quite the milestone we are going to give you many many more the show continues to grow because you guys keep listening so keep on listening remember we're on spotify we're on stitcher we're on soundcloud we're on google we're on apple uh if you know someone that'd be interested in the topics that we're talking about please share it with them that's why we're on all these different apps so you could share if you're listening it on spotify share it with somebody that listens on spotify if you're listening to it on soundcloud share it with somebody that listens to soundcloud share it put it out there retweet it do all those cool great things we'll see you guys next week we're out peace peace